your hosts, Dalton and Ryan. Hey everybody and welcome back to the Steam Machine Podcast. My name is Dalton and this week it's a little different. It's a little different. Our uh, our buddy Ryan is currently curled up in bed. Um, he thinks he has the plague, but we we will find out uh, soon enough. So please uh, send your well wishes, prayers, uh, good vibes, whatever you might like to throw people's way uh, towards our buddy Ryan to hope he feels better and hope that he comes back negative on uh, his tests and such because we want him to be healthy. And especially with you know with the baby and the, the and the, the little one, two of them. So, uh, but this week, in order to join me, I w- recruited a g- another good buddy. We call him uh, Game Bud Prime in in other circles. Is our buddy Nate, who actually bought us uh, Hollow Knight to play this week. And so I figured, why the fuck not have him on and talk about it if he likes the game enough to buy it for two dumb fucks like me and Ryan and have us play it. And listen to us talk about it, then fuck it, I'm gonna have him come on and talk about it with us. But unfortunately, Ryan can't be here, but Nate can. Everybody say hello to Nate. Nate, how you doing, buddy? Hey, man, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on tonight. I'm just, you know, real excited to get your opinions on how you felt playing through Hollow Knight. I'm bummed out that Ryan couldn't be here because I was really excited to hear what he had to say. But hopefully next week you can have him on and just run through it a little bit at the beginning so, so I can get his opinion just a little bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I will. I will. I'll prod him because. <laughs> we've been having conversations behind the scenes about it and it's all been positive, but I'll, I'll leave it to him to talk about it when he's feeling better and comes back. Um, man. So first off a little bit about, uh, how we met, we met through Tadpog and the Tadpog discord and Facebook and such. And you started up a uh, game bud night, which is why they call you game bud prime. And that is correct. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, that, Dude, that has become one of the funnest fucking things that I look forward to every week. Especially now, like Among Us was fun, and I was having a lot of fun with that. It it got a little old, but it was still fun to be able to get together and talk with people and like have a good time. But this new fucking golf game, uh, uh, that Grim had suggested, uh, what is it called? Golf with your friends, I think. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Dude, I've been having a fucking blast. So like, it oh. it's it's great, dude. I'm just so like happy that I decided to do that. Like. I just really wanted to play Among Us, and I was like, I have the perfect group of people I knew who to play this with, and I was like, if we could just get enough people in there playing, I know we'll have an awesome time, and so I'm just happy that it just continued to evolve from there, where everybody's just been coming in, having fun, we've been doing that, Jackbox games, you know, it's just been pretty awesome all around, It just, everybody in there cracks me up so hard every single week, it just, I look forward to it a lot, man. Oh yeah, dude, it is full of laughs, I really do look forward to it and um you know among us let's touch i just want to talk about that game for a minute like when that game kind of came out of nowhere and then all of a sudden everybody was playing it and then when you guys like when you had brought it up i was really happy that it stuck because we had tried things before or i had tried to do things before with like uh, hey i'm playing world of warcraft like who wants to play with me and I think Grim started and stuff, and I think Grim's still playing, whereas I I dropped mm. off. Uh, but then I know we tried uh, Ultima Online for a while, and people were playing that, and that kind of fell off. And I wasn't around for like Smash Bros. and Mario Kart and all of that, but I heard that you know those were popular for a little bit. 
I think what really helped out here was playing those more smaller bite-sized games that feel like less of a commitment. So it just feels like it's more accessible for more people to come in and play. And I'm just happy that people continue to want to play after, you know, like you said, the Among Us hype starts to drip down, die down a little bit. But then so far, every time something like that's happened, we've had another game to take its place. I think it's just becoming a staple for so many people's Thursday nights over there now. And it's just, I think a lot of people look forward to it. Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude, absolutely. Um, I haven't gotten in on the Jackbox Party games. Uh, I've been meaning to, but usually by the time everybody's like, all right, let's play some Jackbox, it's like, I'm going to go lay down. Because <laughs> it's usually pretty cool. Hey, yeah, the funny thing about like, some of the, like, games like that is just like people are just like bored and say, hey, can I get enough people? And with Jackbox, you can have just like five people and it's fine. So it's not like the um, time where we're just like all trying to get everybody in there at once. Like, so... It just kind of changes to based on what game we're playing. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Is that based off of like the old "You Don't Know Jack" series? Like, did that spawn off of that, or is it something completely different? Yeah, "You Don't Know Jack" is what the first one that came out was, and then they just continued to build the whole Jackbox Enterprise from there. Okay, okay. I was always curious about that because I was like, the names in the the whole trivia style game. Mm-hmm. It can't be a coincidence. There's got to be a link there somehow. So yeah, that. Okay. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I remember renting like the first you don't know jack i think it was on like playstation or something way back in the day and it was fun but i was kind of just like what the what the fuck is this like because back then (laughs) you know i was looking for the next final fantasy or the next crash bandicoot and you don't know jack was not it (laughs) no for sure (laughs) (laughs) but uh let uh, so shout out like i said to game buds night and all the game buds like fucking great time it's been a blast um that brings us to this week's game and you i know you hold this game in high regard and i have to say it has impressed me for the time that i have put into it and as i'm sitting here looking through this list of bosses i realize that i've put in almost 10 hours and i haven't even scratched the surface of this game (laughs) (laughs) and wow so hollow knight uh let me get out the obligatory uh wikipedia bullshit in the beginning and it is Hollow Knight is a 2017 action-adventure game developed and published by Team Cherry. It was released for Microsoft Windows, Mac operating systems, and Linux in 2017, and then for the Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One in 2018. Development was partially funded through a Kickstarter crowdfunding campaign, raising over $57,000 at the end of 2014. The game follows a nameless knight, commonly referred to as Ghost or The Knight, by fans as they traverse an ancient plague-infested kingdom inhabited by various insects known as Hollow Nest. The knight must travel through Hollow Nest, fighting bosses, unlocking new abilities as they progress to uncover the mystery of the kingdom. Hollow Knight was well-received by critics and has sold well over 3 million copies as of December 2020. A sequel was in development called Hollow Knight Silk Song. Now, I kind of knew about Silksong before going into this because I've heard so much hype about Hollow Knight over the years. So when I saw, uh, oh man, what is her name? Hornet. <clears throat> Hornet. Hornet. Thank you. Yeah. When I saw her, I was like, hey, that's the character from the Silksong stuff I've seen. So she must be play a big role in this. Uh, so first and foremost, um, what was your first experience with this game? Uh, when did you first play it and how did it affect you? Did it make you break a controller? Like, well, yeah. I, I wish I could remember exactly when I first got this game. It was like 
I'd gotten a Switch for my birthday one year. I can't remember if it was 28, it had to be 2018 or 2017. I can't remember when the Switch came out and all that stuff, but I didn't get it right away. And, you know, when I first got the Switch, I was just playing like the games you would expect somebody who just got a Switch to play. I got um, Breath of the Wild, Mario Odyssey, all those kinds of games that, you know, the standards, yeah. The standards and then like Smash Ultimate. And then I just started watching like a lot of video game YouTubes and stuff and looking up what the best games for the Switch are. And I just kept coming across Hollow Knight over and over again. And I've always been a big fan of Metroidvania games, which Hollow Knight takes off a big thing there. The one thing that held me back from it initially was the art style, which is crazy to say now because that's one of my absolute favorite things about the game. When I first saw it, I thought it kind of looked kind of like Newsgroundsy. You remember Newgrounds? <laughs> like oh that old goodness. website? Oh yeah, dude. So, Flash games? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So it kind of gave me those vibes, and I was never really into that. But I was so wrong about that, just because looking at it now, it's like one of the most beautiful games I've ever played, just the animation style and the music. But back to the question, it's like, I just saw this on there, and it kept coming back and coming back. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to give this game a shot. It's $15 on uh, the Switch eShop, which is where I played it on, because I'm a Switch gamer. (laughs) And so picked it up and just absolutely fell in love with it then. It just had hit all the right chords for me. It's like... A wonderful platformer, great progression Metroidvania, super challenging, which I know is a lot of people's complaints with it, but it's just so satisfactory when you complete one of those challenges that just been driving you insane for the last 30 minutes or however long. Like, I'm sure like some of those boss fights you got to, you're just like, oh my God, I'm going to kill somebody. And then when you finally beat it, that sense of, mm, yeah, I did it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there were, there were uh, a few of those. I think I only ran into like one boss that I was like, oh, that was relatively easy. And the rest of them were like, <laughs> oh my God. Now, here here is one, one of my complaints about this game. And I, I have very few. And this may even be the only one. <laughs> Could they have not put a fucking bench outside of where bosses were? Or at least a, fr- I... a frame away? Because having them where I have to traverse another like half a level <laughs> to get back to where I was at. And then I have to survive to get there (laughs) oh man it was killing me yeah i will agree with that that sometimes can be frustrating and there are points in the game where they are more generous with the bench placement for things like that but yeah a lot of times especially depending on where you are in the game it can be a real pain in the butt trying to go back and get your shade back after you die so you don't lose all of your geo that you've collected oh yeah i had uh about nine thousand go right down the drain Oh man, no. Yeah, it was it was brutal. And that was the point where I was like, all right, that was at that like that night I was done that night. I'm like, all right, <laughs> I'm going to I'll play I'll play more tomorrow cuz I I was saving up. I had like all of this cuz I was just running around trying to figure out where to go and I had finally found the boss and I was like, man, and once I beat this boss, I'm going to go back up to town and buy some new like markers and stuff and nope. No. No, it, the game had other things planned for me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you, that's tough, man. <laughs> you uh, you commented on the art style, and I'll say that I, I loved its like grim, dark look when I first started it. And then uh, when I got into the and started running around, I was like, man, if the whole game is going to look like this, it's like it's really pretty, but it's very dreary and, and kind of sorrowful, right? And that hasn't changed, but um, when I found the Greenway, I was like, 
oh, this fuck, this place is gorgeous. And it actually, like, somehow it is animated to, you can, like, feel the humidity in that place. Like, when, when I'm in yeah. there, I'm like, oh, I can, I know what this place feels. Living in Florida, I especially know <laughs> what this area is, like, feels like. And I'm like, man, that's really, they did really good with the atmosphere, the music, the way it builds the, the whole vibe. It's tremendous. I absolutely agree with you. And I will say this, it does stay pretty grim and dreary through the entirety of the game, but you do get those variances in each of those little different zones you get into that just adds a different element of life to it that's just really intriguing as you play through it. I can't remember the name of the area. You probably would remember better than me, but uh, it, every everything had this like purplish hue to it, and there were like bubbles floating everywhere. It looked really cool. I think that might be Fog Canyon you're talking about. Yep, that, that is what it is. Yep, Fog Canyon. Yeah, that, that place is really pretty, too. Um, obviously, like I said, I haven't even scratched the surface on this game, apparently. I thought I was doing well until I started looking at this list. Uh, um, <laughs> but the the I've seen, like, four or five different areas, and one of the areas I don't know anything about because I don't have a map for it, and I can't find the map guy. But uh, I did end up, like, running into... And this, this might get into some of the story, so we can start touching on that, because I know you have notes. Um... I did run into like these three statues that like yelled at me basically, and the screen sh <laughs> the screen shook, and they threw me into another dimension. And I was like, yeah, well, and that that area was was gorgeous. I really liked that area. Yeah, that was really neat. You will come back to that from time to time throughout the game, just depending on where you are. And my brain's escaping me a little bit. I want to say that those um, three were called like the Watchers or something like that, or that might have been one of their names, but they end up being something, they're very key throughout the course of the game, especially towards the getting the ending of the game. You actually have to do some stuff with them to get there. Oh, okay. That's, well, that's pretty cool. Um, now, okay, so the game starts off, and you're kind of just roaming around, um, and you meet the old man. Does the old man ever have anything more than he just kind of stands there and tells you different stuff, or is he kind of a key component hidden? Uh, he's kind of just there as the, hey, welcome to Hollow Knight kind of guy. He doesn't really okay. evolve any as a character or anything like that. And for the most part, I would say that there aren't a whole lot of dynamics within the NPCs of the game. They're kind of just there for their specified role. Um, there are a couple of cool ones in the game that will come back later in the game. So like, if you trigger certain events, these there's at least two of them I can think of that will come back and help you later in the game. It's pretty neat. But for the most part, you know, the NPCs are just that, NPCs that don't really have a lot going on. Okay. Okay. When I first met him, my first thought was, I hope this dude's the protagonist of this game. <laughs> or, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, the antagonist. Yeah, the antagonist. Yeah, yeah. Um, but diving in and getting down there, man, okay, so I've never played a Dark Souls game, right? Mm -hmm. um, the closest thing that I've come to one of those games was Lords of the Fallen. And as far as difficulty goes... I, I've heard this game called Souls-like, and I, I get it. I get it now. Uh, this game does not hold your hand at all. Yeah, and the interesting thing about saying that is, like, it doesn't hold your hand at all, but the way that it goes about teaching you how to do things in the course of the game, you don't even realize it's doing it a lot of the time. Like, you, they put you in this first area, and all you have at that beginning part, you don't even have the dash when you start off, do you? No, no, you just have jump and slash. Yeah, and so, like, and then after that, you get the dash, and you start seeing areas where, like, 
you just barely couldn't make that jump before, but you can dash across the spikes and get there. And just every little progression, you've noticed little things like that where it was like, oh, they just had this just out of reach before, but now you can get to that area. And a good example of that to me is when I told you I found this shaky ground and I'm like, I don't, I've, I've jumped up and attacked the ground. Nothing's happening here. And you're like, oh, you don't have you worry, worry about that later. And then I beat the boss that gave me that. And it was the soul master. Uh, and which that fight w- took me forever. And then <laughs> I, I thought it was over and it wasn't over. And then it, I had to do it another couple times. <laughs> to... I, I remember that fake out so much, dude. My first playthrough, I, I was just like you when the first time I played that game, this game where I would fight that guy and just over and over again, going to the bench, going to get my shade back, going to fight him again, <laughs> just over and over. And I finally beat that first phase and then it falls through the floor and you fall down there with him. You think it's over. Dude has a couple more tricks up his sleeve for you. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. It, it shattered me. <laughs> uh, but he, uh, when, once you beat him, he gives you the, I don't even know what to call it. It's like a power slam down. Like you jump up and hit down and B and it just slams you into the ground. And immediately I wanted to go back to where I found that shaky ground and could not remember where it was. <laughs> it's, it's cool too, because like I was saying before, the game kind of teaches you once you get the power up, how to use it and where to use it. Because once you beat the boss and you get that new power up, if you don't start testing it out in that area, you're never going to get out of there. Cause you have to slam through that glass to get out. If you remember correctly. Yeah. So it makes sure that you understand what each power-up is for once you get it. It also it, it teaches you to look at the ground because there was a section where I ran around for like 10 minutes. I'm like, where, where the fuck am I supposed to go? There's no way out of here. And then I just stood on this one spot and I saw the ground shake. And I went, oh, son of a bitch. And then used the power and boom, I was out. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And sometimes those kind of things are kind of hard to find because it's like, it's just like a little spot that you could just easily miss walking over it. Yeah. Yeah, dude. And so I remember I was doing it again this time, and I was just I was like trying to figure out how to get into this certain area of the game. And when I play, I don't know about you, I jump and dash a lot. And apparently, I had just jumped and dashed over this spot where I needed to do that ground pound type move over and over again. <laughs> just because I kept going back and forth across that area, but I'm always jumping and dashing when I play. Yeah, uh, the, the dash was the first one that when I got that, I'm like, oh. I knew I knew this exact spot because I ran by it a hundred thousand times already. Uh, where there was like a ledge out of jumping reach with a caterpillar in a jar, which the, the caterpillars in the jar things help me out with this. So there, there's it seems like there's a lot of them, right? You have to fill up every hole in that room that the daddy caterpillar things in. Yeah, so that's kind of more of a completionist type task to do. It's like not a required thing. It's just one of those kind of little hidden Easter egg things. So. Where you go and find all the grubs, and then once you go visit, the grub father is the guy's name in there that is, you know, the protecting all the grubs. He'll start throwing Geo at you. If you do it long enough, it'll start throwing you like a mask shard at you, which the mask shard, if you collect four of those, you get an extra life point, so you can take another hit during the game. Man, man. So, like, just collecting all those different grubs, you get different rewards for each one. Man, the, the mask shards... I think I've gotten five so far, and I feel like they are few and far between unless I'm just not looking in the right places. But then again, like I said, I feel like I've barely gotten anywhere in this game other than like a few, four or five different areas. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like they are hard to find. There's not a whole lot of them. I think there is a total of, 
I want to say 20, because I think you can get five extra hits in throughout the course of the game. Um, but yeah, they are hard to find. But just to put it into perspective, like you said, you, think, you feel like you've just scratched the surface of the game. The first time I played the game, I got to 101% completion, which I believe the full completion is 112%. And that's because they added DLC um, while the game was being released and all of that. But the first time I got to 101% completion and it took me 42 hours to get that far. Yeah, I could see it. I could see it. Uh, now, to put that in perspective, now this is my second playthrough and it's been over a year since the last time I played it. I got to 103% completion in 30 hours. So just having that knowledge and memory of what everything is and what everything does is super helpful. Oh, yeah, I can imagine. I imagine, like, so this is one of my first forays into, like, Metroidvania. Uh, although, I mean, I would kind of call Wonder Boy that we played, like, a Metroidvania light because it was, like, you know, an, an early game back on the Master System that was you know, mm -hmm. remastered and stuff. But um, I do know on the list we also have Ori, Ori in the Blind Forest, I think it's called. I want to play. I have not played that yet. I really want to. It looks so cool. I've dabbled in it, right? And it, dude, the it's so pretty. It, it's a different graphic style than Hollow Knight, but equally satisfying as far as uh, the artistic scale goes. Like, it's just fucking gorgeous. Um, yeah, like I've watched like a little bit of gameplay of it, and it looks fantastic. I just haven't picked it up yet. There's just like so many games out there now that I want to get to, and it's just like so hard to choose what I'm gonna play next. That I just keep playing the same old games over and over. <laughs> Brother, that's why I started this show. <laughs> it's like how many times can i play oblivion and skyrim before i just you know, <laughs> but and here i am i still play skyrim like my my, my museum is up to like 1046 displays now no whenever i'm sitting on my computer and it pops up on the lower right hand corner of my monitor guitar man dalton is now playing skyrim i can't help but chuckle because it happens a lot <laughs> yeah man yeah man it, I have all of these other games that I could be playing, but you know, I'm, I'm fucking, I want to see this museum full, damn it. And then I will be, <laughs> when I finish that mod, I am done with Skyrim for like five years. <laughs> you say that you'll be back. You're always back. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe to come back to mod all the dragons to look like Randy Savage, but <laughs> I'm down with that. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Uh, so if I remember correctly, the first boss boss that you come across uh, in Hollow Knight is the False Knight, correct? Or yeah, I'd say that's the first real boss. I mean, before that, I think you fight what's the Gro's Mother, which was that big fly in the kind of the caves where it just kind of bounced up and down and you just had to beat it. But it was just really simple. I was gonna uh, say, but I, that was the one yeah. that I had no issue with was the Gro's Mother is that's the one yeah. that was really easy. So, yeah, I'm sorry. I don't even I didn't even consider that because I didn't even think that that was that hard. But, yeah, that's the first one. But the False Knight was the first one that I died and had to go back and then died and had to go back. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and it's understandable because, it, like, especially when you're first going through the game and you're just learning all the mechanics. I don't even remember. You have the dash at that point, right, or no? Oh, man. I, th I think so. Yeah, because I feel like it'd be a different fight without the dash. But I think you do, too. And it's just like you're still trying to master that mechanic so you can avoid his attacks and then... He starts throwing out all these different attacks at you that you're not quite ready for, like one where he bangs on the ground and projectiles start falling from the sky. Surprisingly, I had no issue with that mechanic because I would run all the way to the right of the screen and none of the rocks would fall there for some reason. 
Oh, really? I don't know if it was just my version of the game was fucked up or what, but it just none of the, like, up against the wall, nothing fell there. My thing was when I would try to jump and hit him, and he would just swing and catch me as I was jumping. And uh, Yeah, timing on those kind of things you got to get used to. Yeah. For sure. But I can definitely see that being a hard foray. But I'm not sure how far into the game you are now. But I think you've gotten to the point, because it seems like you've been to um, the resting grounds area, because that's where you saw those three statues. That is the last new area that I found was the resting ground. So you've talked to that um, weird kind of like shaman lady up in the upper left-hand corner of that area that kind of talks to you and gives you the dream nail? Yeah, you yeah. You gotten that? Yeah, and I upgraded the dream nail. I ended up fighting some fucking warrior spirit thing that kicked my ass like 25 times before I killed him. And it gave me a hundred of whatever the fuck that shit was. And I went and back. The, the and essence, up, yeah. And went back and upgraded the nail. And then I realized that I probably wasn't even supposed to do that warrior fight yet, and uh, it was really fucking hard. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so like those, like you said, the warrior fights, like you, I feel like definitely a lot of them. It's best to come back later once you've upgraded more, explored more of like the physical realm. But what I was gonna get at with that is, so there's certain bosses in the game, and one of them being the false knight that you fight in the beginning. Um, Actually, hold on. Let me th- I'm thinking. Yeah. Anyway, the false knight fight in the beginning. But there are certain bosses that you can go back and find their corpse. And if you hit that with the dream nail, you fight an upgraded version of that boss fight again. Oh, God. Oh, okay. So that's what the white... Def- is he the white defender then? Uh, no, that's, that's, that's different. Um, oh, okay. I can't remember what this upgraded one's called off the top of my head. But... I don't remember, but it's it becomes an even much, much harder boss fight. Even when you're at a fully upgraded night, it just feels hard on that one. Um, the other guy, the Soul Master that you were talking about earlier that you learned the ground pound from, that has an upgraded version of that fight that makes it that much harder. <laughs> so if you had enough trouble with it the first time, the second time might oh, really yeah. destroy you. I can't imagine. Oh, yeah, this, uh, this thing has the list of boss variants. So the soul, oh, so it'd be soul tyrant is his second yeah. form. Man, I had a hard enough time with the first one. Is, <laughs> is there a point to beating the, the second form or is it just more completion uh, at that point? So it, there is a story element that you get to. So like you remember you were talking about collecting the essence mm-hmm. where you need to get to about, I think it's 1500 essence total to be able to achieve the true ending of the game. And there's options for you. You don't have to do every single one of these variant fights or anything, but you do need to be able to come up with the uh, 1500 essence some way or the other. So like you said, the warrior fights are a good way to get those. Um, and then so are these variant versions of the boss fights. So like, I think like some of those are worth like 200 essence. And then I know you found like one of the little trees that you hit that with the dream nail and then all those little red orbs popped up. Yeah, that I had to run there's around to go collect them. Yeah, there's just a few of those that are scattered throughout the world, too, that you can go and collect the essence that way as well. Yeah, I had seen one or two of them running around, and I was like, what are these? I can't interact with them. But now I know. No. It's like everything just keeps coming back, man. You just <laughs> get something new, and you're like, ah, oh, that clicks now. This makes sense. Yeah, yeah. That's And I will say that that's one thing that this game is good at. is like It may not hold your hand, but like you said, it's good at teaching you along the way. Like, so... I if I had I not been paying attention, I would have not seen those things. You know what I mean? But, but because I've been running through these areas so many times, it's really easy to kind of just pick and point. You take notice of things that you see, you know, fifty times, a hundred times as you run by it. 
Yeah. <laughs> or, or if you get lost like me, you know, 200, 300 times. Like, <laughs> um, I, now, there were a couple enemies uh, in this game that weren't bosses that I came across uh, that I thought were bosses. Like the uh, the tall skinny fuckers with a shield. Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you're talking about. Like the mothy looking guys. Yeah, I remember posting in Discord, fuck the shield, the shield boss guy. And then like five minutes later, I came upon another one and I said, oh, it's just an enemy. Yeah, I was like, I was trying to, like, I was sitting there when you posted that. I was like, what shield boss is he talking about? I can only think of one boss that really uses a shield. And he, there's no way he's over there yet. <laughs> no, he, yeah, he just, uh, he, it, I died on that. Like, and then there's uh, the enemies that are just like the big fat guys. They kind of look like a false knight, but like a mini version. Yeah. And uh, they were difficult at first for me, too. Now I kind of figured out I just kind of, like, hit them a couple times and then run or dash out. Now that I have dash, it's a lot easier to hit and run, hit and run, hit and run. Yeah, for sure. That, that, the dash helps a lot. Um, eventually in the game, you'll get a double jump called the Monarch Wings, so you can stay in the air to avoid attacks a little bit easier, too, along with the dash. And then there's also becomes, like, a wall climb, like a wall uh, jump maneuver you get later in the game, too. So all that stuff just starts kind of starts coming together where your movement gets better and better, but so does the platforming challenges just get harder and harder because of it. <laughs> I uh I was very happy when I got the Hadouken. I don't know oh, yeah. the, the oh, soul, yeah. soul blast or something. I think it's called uh, or something. It's like something that. like that. But, yeah. I don't remember the exact name either. Because also when you talk about something like that, there's variants to that as well. So like later in the game, you get an upgraded version of that. Oh, that's so I have trouble remembering which each name is. I think one's called Vengeful Spirit. I think the other might be Soul Blast. I think Soul Blast is the first version, then Vengeful Spirit. It's, it's something like that, yeah. Yeah, man. I, I just I know that uh, that has saved my ass a few different times. When it's like I have that, but it's a choice. It's a, that, and I like that it's a choice. It's like you can either use that or heal yourself. Yeah. And which so you, you you can't <laughs> heal yourself in this game. Uh, with your little power bar, or I don't even know what I call it a power bar. It's like your little soul container. Yeah, it's a thing it's called the soul vessels. So yeah, it'd probably be good to talk about some of the mechanics of the game like that too, because yeah, for sure. there's a lot of stuff like that. So like you have your health bar and then you have your soul meter and your soul meter is used for either like focusing, which is what it's called when you heal yourself, which to focus, you hold the, on my controller, it's the A button down and it takes about a second and you gain one of your life points back, but you can't do anything else while you have that, while you're doing that. Yeah. So it's taking a risk. If you're in the middle of battle, you think you have time to do it, you better hurry up and do it, but you could get hit again while doing it. Um, otherwise, it's just good to wait until you're in a safe area and hold it down and get your health back that way. But that comes at a limit too, because it also is used for your magic spells, like we were talking about. Like I believe the ground pound costs it, yep. the, um, the soul blast counts it. And there's another spell that you haven't gotten to yet that uses it. So, like, you have to constant resource management there as well because you have to decide, okay, I know that this salt blast is really going to hurt this enemy, but I won't be able to heal if I use it. So you got to kind of be careful with what you do there. But you also get soul back from hitting an enemy physically. Yeah. So just that balance you got to work through. And then that comes into play with... Another thing that I thought was a boss but ends up just being an enemy, that's like the armadillo-looking guys. They're like yeah. the armored sloth. I don't know what the hell they are, but they, they curl up. And mm -hmm. the only way you can hurt them is when they're, if you stand back. Because if you get too close to them, they curl up. But if you back up, they get back up. Uh, 
you got to shoot them with your juice, you know, your uh, your man juice. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> the, the, the soul blast is what I'm going to start calling it. Oh, I'm going to soul blast. I'm going to soul blast. <laughs> um, but you can only fire off a, at the point I'm at. I don't know if it ever extends or anything, but at the point I'm at, I, I can only fire off three before I'm out. And those guys, luckily, spit. They, I mean, they're spitting lava balls at you, but they also spit like roly polies. And you can use those roly polies to attack with your nail to then build your meter back up to throw another Hadouken the way of the the big guy and finally destroy it. Because when I first st- wait, found that thing, I'm like, well, how the fuck do you get by this? And that goes back to you, you eventually learn, and then boom, you're like, oh yeah, I need to go back to that area so I can kill that dude now. It's yep. really, really impressive how they weaved all of this together so masterfully. Yeah, I believe that guy is also the guardian <clears throat> that's holding you back from getting into the green path area, which you were talking about. Yep, and yep. so, like, once you get to there, you just start, like, because you're start, first starting going around just in the um, Forgotten Crossroads area. And then when you finally open that up, you start to realize the scope of the game. You're like, oh, this is only, that was only the first area of the game. Now yeah. we're in another area. How many areas are there going to be? Yeah, and that's and, where I'm currently sitting at. <laughs> And what I will, one thing I really wanted to say about this game in general was this game is $15. $15. I've gotten more fun and playtime out of this $15 game than I have out of a lot of AAA titles. <laughs> yeah, that's an incredible, incredible price for this. You know, I don't, I, it makes me want to check out Hades because everybody's ranting about that and it's like, that game's cheap too and it makes me wonder like some of these games that i've passed on because it's like oh well they don't cost that much they're probably you know super indie not very good Mm -hmm. it makes me want to kind of recant that and start going and checking out some of these again because with this now i like i always wanted to play hollow knight but i was just like eh, maybe it's not for me but now that, that i'm playing it i'm like i really enjoy this i would like to see the end of this eventually even if it takes me a year (laughs) <laughs> grinding away and i i can't recommend it to anybody enough for 15 dollars. like that's that's ridiculously cheap for yeah that's what i was like i was just looking through your list of games and i was like son of a gun hollow knight's on not on their list i gotta fix that if i can <laughs> <laughs> which we very much appreciate because i might not have played this if not so like that's fucking very rad of you sir yeah now oh oh go ahead I was going to say another one of the, like, because we were talking about mechanic stuff before we kind of went down that road. Um, another thing I think is really cool about the game, and my brother, Icebrand, was telling me that, you know, this is kind of like how they do it in Dark Souls, which I think is another reason why they compare, have that, that Souls kind of comparison sometimes. But when you die, it leaves your shade, which is kind of like your ghost. And in order to get all your stuff back, which is, I think it's really Geo at that point, which is the currency in the game. Yep. Um, you just go back and you have to kill your shade and get it back. And the shade's really easy to kill, but... Well, you also have to uh, get your shade to restore your your soul thing because it breaks. Oh, yeah, that's right. So, yeah. That's also, that's true. So, it's just like, that's another interesting mechanic. It's like, you, you'll die, but you don't necessarily have to lose everything if you go back and get your shade. Yeah. Which, yeah. I, was, which I thought was a really cool mechanic first time I played through. When I first lost the shade, I was like, oh, man. What what is this going to affect? But when I realized that at the point it was just I lost like one one heal and uh, my money, I was like, all right, that's doable as long as I'm not losing abilities and stuff when I die and then have to go back and get them. And, oh know, yeah, that'd be rough. <laughs> be real rough because I you know I wasn't a hundred percent sure if this was like a 
Metroidvania roguelike or not, you know, but it's definitely not a roguelike. Yeah, for a Metroidvania roguelite, I can't suggest um, Dead Cells enough. That game is also incredible. I have heard a lot of things about Dead Cells. That's another one I haven't dove it's into. Also, it's, heard. it's also brutally difficult. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you, 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 you like these brutally difficult games, huh? I, I do when they're the platformers, because like, that's something like I, mean, I grew up with. You know, like Obviously, I play a lot of old-school Nintendo games still to this day, and a lot of those games were platformers, so I grew up on platformers. And I just love the genre still to this day, you know. Yeah. And do you, do you like now? Do you like three D platformers as well? I do. I do enjoy those because, like, I was one of those kids that went from Nintendo to Sega Genesis, then Nintendo sixty four. So, like, I played all like Mario sixty four was mind blowing when it came out, and then they had like yeah. Banjo Kazooie and Donkey Kong sixty four. So yeah, you you play what you grow up with and you enjoy it, and I think that carries over to adulthood as well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, in that in that case, then might I say again? You should check out Snake Pass. Don't listen to Ryan. <laughs> you you like games that are frustratingly difficult platformers. I didn't find that game frustratingly difficult. Ryan, on the other hand, found it extremely frustrating. <laughs> so uh, I think you'd have fun. I think you'd have fun. But back back to Hollow Knight. I'm I'm very yes. bad about getting sidetracked. Um, another mechanic are the charms. You want to talk about those a little bit? Oh yeah, the charms are awesome. So. In this game, you'll find these little things called charms every once in a while, and they will enhance an ability or do something to make your character a little bit stronger in some way or the other. So, for instance, there's one called Long Nail, which will increase the length of your nail, which is what the sword you carry is called, is your nail. It will increase your length of your sword nail by 50% or something like that. So you actually have a longer reach, because sometimes it's hard when you're trying to get up close to an enemy, they'll just smack you. So if you have that longer nail, it makes it easier to hit them. There's another one called Quick Focus, which will make your time to focus your energy to gain that health back a lot shorter. But with those charms, you have a certain amount of charm notches. So some charms are worth two notches, some are worth three. So you kind of have to balance which charms you want to use with how many notches you have available. So it's a really cool mechanic where it's also where like you got to decide what's more important to you right now. Do you want to be able to focus up and get your health back quicker or do you want to have that longer nail because you might not be able to have both at the same time based on how many notches you have yeah that's the point i'm at right now is that i've got i think i just unlocked another notch so i'm at four and deciding which of the charms that i want i don't have long nail if i had that it would definitely be (laughs) definitely be on there um but deciding like do i want this that makes enemies drop more soul or or give me back more soul or do i want these butterflies that pick up geo that drops and i can't get to i, I love that one man because like oh, yeah. you before you start using that you do not realize how much geo you leave behind because when you kill an enemy the geo just kind of bounces everywhere scatters sometimes it'll bounce into a hole sometimes it'll bounce up to a corner you can't quite reach but if you have this charm on these little like flies just come and grab them and bring it all to you no matter where it is on the screen so like you just don't realize how much money you're missing until you use a charm like that. Yeah, once I once I equipped that, it started racking up, and I was like, oh, this is this is wonderful. So I ha- I I haven't used the one since that gives me the more soul. Yeah, I'm like, nah, you know, that's cool and all, and it's probably really helpful in other parts of the game. But right now, I need to be rich, so let's. <laughs> yeah, and then there's another charm that I never take off when I play the game because I I'm sure there's people that are better at navigating the map than me. But I will never take off the wayward crump, wayward compass. Oh nope, that stays because that, that shows stays your equipped. position on the map. <laughs> yeah, that stays equipped, sir. Su- that was the first thing I bought. Yeah, it was like the one of the first things available, and it said, you know, show where you are on the map. I'm like, yes, please, yes, please, because I am terrible with direction. Yeah, like 
and I know the game pretty well, and I still don't like going without it. Cause like I can pretty much tell what room I'm in, but maybe I can't. So it's probably best that I just keep it on. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't tell you how many times I was looking for a specific room, and I would leave a room and go navigate for ten minutes and end up back in the room I started <laughs> in. Like son of a bitch. And at one point, I went and hit a guide because I needed to. I was like, I don't know where to go next. And they were like, uh, go here. And I was like, all right, that's all I need to know. And then I went there and I figured out the rest of it from there. But I was just like, dude, what the fuck? I, I had gone in circles for like an hour and a half and I didn't want to bug you. It was like six in the morning here. So <laughs> I wasn't going to message you. So I'm like, fuck, I'll just look it up and get a general idea. And I think that yeah. was around the time that I had found the, uh, the soul, the soul, uh, master. Yeah, and I remember, like, that's such a fun boss fight, but it's difficult <laughs> when you first do it. And, like, the funny thing is, is, like, me playing through this game the second time is, like, some of the stuff that I remember just being so frustratingly impossibly difficult, I first tried this time. And I think it just goes back to knowledge once you understand what you're doing. But, like, gosh, there's some of the stuff that's still, even the second time playing, was still pretty brutal. <laughs> now, like, a lot of... The... Yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead and finish your thought. So just like some of those platforming sections are still super hard later in the game. Oh, I can imagine. There were there were there were some platforming sections that I died on strictly just because I wasn't paying attention enough. <laughs> like I would I would dash, but then like keep running and then just run into spikes and not realize yep. that I was low. Or I'm not, I don't realize that I've only got one health and I need to heal. <laughs> uh, now, how does uh I know I, we brought her up earlier. Um, how does Hornet play into the the whole aspect of it is she like a main part of, obviously she's got something to do with it because she's the protagonist of the sequel so yeah so she's definitely an important part of the game like so once you get to first time you meet her you'll just see her like standing on the sledge in the green patch just looking down at you and then when you try to jump up to her it's too high for you to get to but she just kind of darts off from there so eventually you kind of like go through harder paths trying to catch up with her basically is what that whole section is what you're doing and then you get to her and you fight her and you beat her, and you'll notice that she's one of the enemies. That, like she doesn't just explode; she just like kind of jumps off. She said, "I don't remember exactly what she says to you there." Thing about you being a little ghost and all that. Um, but yeah, she becomes a main point part of the game because she's the only person that really kind of sees what you're attempting to do. Like you're trying to stave off the infection, and she can see the darkness in you, which is kind of a big theme that you know. Hall Knight, he's trying to save the world, but you can see the little darkness in him and all that kind of stuff. And so without trying to give away too many spoilers, she's in there's towards the very end of the game, too. You'll fight her one more time and there'll be an upgraded version of her that's harder. But you're also way upgraded by the time you get to her again. And you'll fight her again in what's called Kingdom's Edge, which is one of the last areas of the game. Um, and at that point, more story stuff happens, but without going too much into details, because I don't want to give away a lot of spoilers, you kind of, she kind of sees what your character becomes, and at the very end of the game, she will be there at the end of the final boss if you've done everything correctly to lead you to a different path. So which, when you get to the final boss, which I don't think saying this part's too big of a spoiler, um, would be the Hollow Knight, because obviously you're the knight, and you're expecting you're going to fight the Hollow Knight. Yeah. If you do everything right... Hornet will show up there. If you don't, she won't. And it really changes the dynamic at the end of the game because you think Hollow Knight's the final boss. And if you don't have Hornet there and you kill the Hollow Knight, that is the end of the game. And that's what I consider the bad ending is when you beat it that way. But if you do everything correctly, 
I say it's correctly, but there's no wrong way to play a video game. Whatever, right? Yeah. Um, she will be there, and it, something will happen to where you don't necessarily kill the Hollow Knight, but it comes back to the Dream Nail situation from before, and you get transported into another realm, which, ah, gosh, it's so hard not to say spoiler, but if you remember that Dream Realm you were in earlier in the game, the ending, the what I call the true ending, takes place there. Okay. Huh. I know that was like rambly and a lot, so hopefully yeah, that no. translates okay. But no, no I, I, I get you. But you're being vague, but for for non-spoiler reasons, and I get it. Yeah. I, I uh, I'm interested now to to wonder like how it would end. And like, hmm. Um. And you'll get more of that because I I think I just remember they're called the sleepers or those three statue people that you saw before. As you move along the game and you see what happens with each of them it starts to make more and more sense because those are big story points. And I don't think you've hit one of them yet or any of them yet. I mean, but once you start to get to those where you're doing what you need to do with the sleepers, it becomes more and more obvious what path this whole thing's going down. Okay. Well, I look forward to that. Cause right now I've been kind of trying to piece together things just by running around and, uh, I haven't been able to piece together much other than, you know, that's the, what you got to do, though, man. That's the best way to do it, is running around and exploring. It's like that's what the staple of Metroidvanias are in general. It's just exploration. Yeah. Now and up and upgrading. Yeah. Um, some of the NPCs that stuck out to me. Um, I like Sly, little dude that runs the little item station. Yeah, he's awesome. He's cool. <laughs> he's a cool little dude. Um, I like Cornifer, the map guy. Yeah, he's awesome. <laughs> uh, and his wife, Iselda, doesn't seem to like him very much, but she's all right. She's kind of snippy. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Like, like, she doesn't want to be there. Um, I enjoy her a lot. <laughs> but my favorite character that I've come across by far, as far as animation and the way it looks, and just is the last stag, the the fast travel mechanic, basically. Yes. That thing looks so cool when it's running up to you through the tunnel. Cause yeah. The animation is just so smooth. It's so smooth and it's so cool. And I have so much I want to say about The Last Stag. Um, I might get a little bit spoilery here with you, though. But I want to kind of detail how much this game, even though there's not a lot of dialogue, there's not a lot of that, it just makes you care about the character so much. So every time you open up a new stag station, which is where the stag will take you to, He starts, and you can talk to him there, because he's an NPC that will talk to you and give you the rides. If you talk to him, he says something different about each one. And you get about to the halfway point. He's like, I think I'm starting to remember where the stag home is, the very place where all the stags were born, and the place where we'd go back every night when we were done with our shifts and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, because he's the last stag. Yeah. And he's like, so by the time you finally find the last stag station and you talk to him again, he tells you, I found it. I finally found the stag home. And he's like, you know, if you're not too busy, I can take you there sometime. And so you end up going there because, you know, his whole story is kind of sad. You know, he's the last stag, the last of his kind. So when you finally takes you there, you can go explore that last stag station. And while you're there, you find like what looks like open stag eggs. And you go and talk to him again. He just gets really happy. And then from now on that point on, whenever you talk to him, it no longer calls him the last stag. It calls him the old stag. Oh. I know. And like... It's so weird to me because, like, I get a little bit, like, emotional just saying that. It's like such little things like that that just left such an impact on me. When I got to, like, the final, final boss of the game this time, I was just like, and it's just because this game is so awesome to me and it means a lot to me. And I was just like, man, I had to pause it for a second. I was like, oh, my God, I love this game. <laughs> <laughs> I, man, it's always a good, 
oh, what's the what's the word? A good telling of a game, like when you can be playing something, and it's just something little like that can like bring emotion out of you that like you know make you like things that'll make you tear up because you're just like oh that's so good it's like that is really good writing and even when Mm -hmm. the writing is sparse when it is able to convey that type of emotion like that is just like top tier to me yeah and like for me too because that's just incredible because like it's such a dark like a desolate feeling to the whole world down there and then it gives you like one little nugget of hope and happiness and it just makes you have all the feels (laughs) it really like i can get that i can see that because i already love that fucker like (laughs) so i would like to get to that and be able to see that for myself yeah i I figured that would motivate you a little bit too because like there's just something about that character that just draws you to him even though there's like it doesn't seem like there's really much there but it turns out there's a ton there yeah and and like he's just the fast travel thing like just that they thought to add like a little backstory and stuff to the fast travel mechanic is tremendous. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. <laughs> so we have, we have reached about everything that I have gathered from this game. Um, what are the notes do you have? If any, my brother. Yeah. So the only important things I wanted to talk about, I feel like we've really gotten to, you know, we talked about, you know, the starting area, the mechanics of the game, a little bit about Hornet. Um, I, I'm not going to, I'm going to spare the details of going through all of the areas in the game, but there's one that's at the very end of the game that I really want to talk about a lot. Yeah, please, by all means. And it's really the last area you're going to come across in the game if you're getting the good ending, and it's called the White Palace. So this is the area where you learn more about the kingdom and the king and everything that Hollow Knight is based on. But when you get there, it is the most brutal brutal of all the platforming challenges in the game so i remember the first time i played this game i probably spent a good two hours in this area trying to get to the top of the white palace to finally finally get to the end of that section so and it's a completely different area than you've ever seen before it's very bright and white colored where everything else is dark and gray in this white palace and there's spikes and buzz saws everywhere and you have to really use everything you've learned through the course of the game. All your dashes, your double jumps. The wall, um, you have wall to use slide. Wall slide, pogoing off things with your nail. All that stuff to get through it. Oh, man. The, and when you finally do, you get a cut scene that's super worth it. But Pogoing, dude. Real quick. The yeah. pogoing. The first time I got to an area where I was like, how the fuck am I supposed to get over that? And I, there's just an enemy walking like underneath these platforms I'm on. And I'm like, surely, surely they don't want me <laughs> to do that. And I jumped and I tried and it worked. And I went, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So imagine an entire section full of stuff like that, oh but God. worse. <laughs> wow. But what I wanted to get at there is there's a part in there where if you break down a wall, you get to go to this completely optional part of the game that has its own little area name and everything. And it's called the path of pain. And so Path of Pain is one of the most notorious sections that I know of in like modern indie games where it's just like very, very, very difficult, insanely difficult to beat. And it it is just the most brutal platforming I've ever seen in this game. And I didn't do it on my last playthrough. And I was like, I'm playing this game again. I'm going to do it this time. I swear I'm going to do it this time. And it's just relatively small section of platforming. I say relatively small, but it's like probably about 10, 10 difficult screens of platforming. This section, Dalton, this section <laughs> took me damn near two hours to do. 
but you did it though. I did do it. I completed yeah. it. I celebrated. I had a mighty celebration for myself. But it was so brutal. And like I've looked up stuff about it since then, and I've seen people say, you know, they spent twelve hours on it. People say they spent fifteen hours on it. I'm like, good God, I believe it because I felt like I got kind of lucky when I finally got through all of it. But I was just like, this is so insane. And I like, I loved it though, and I'm really proud of myself for beating it. But I was just like. I just had to touch on that because there are some optional challenges in this game that are just brutal. Um, There's a section you haven't found yet called the Colosseum where there's like three trials to do. There's like the trial of um, the warrior, the trial of the champion, and the trial of the fool, I think they are. The trial of the fool, I haven't not completed yet. I want to try to do that. I'm not sure if I'll do it this time or not, but that's another one of those optional challenges that are just supposed to be insanely brutal. But the path of pain is the most notorious and I was just like, I have to do this. <laughs> yeah, dude, I, I am. I bow down to you because if it's as hard as you're saying, I would I would probably just give give the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I gave up Super Meat Boy because that game was too hard. Uh, so I would probably give up in that section. Be like, nah. Yeah, that is definitely a game that I haven't tried yet. I actually own it for the uh, PC, but I'm not much of a PC gamer and my computer kind of sucks. But I think it would run Super Meat Boy just fine. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think a potato. I want to try it, but yeah, potato. <laughs> Is it like Doom? You can just run that on a toaster. <laughs> I mean, I would assume because there's, I mean, there's a lot going on in the levels, but it's all pixels, so I think it'd yeah. be all right. But I, I think it's on brand for me because it's, you know, I know it's an extremely challenging platformer, so it's definitely one that I want to try. Just like I said, just other things just keep popping up that I keep playing. I bought Hades. I haven't tried it yet, but I bought it. <laughs> I uh, I acquired Hades, um, nice. and I, I haven't I haven't tried it yet. Um, I will buy it eventually, but for now I have just acquired it. Um, the, you talk about optional bosses real quick. I think the only one that I came across was the Bro- Brooding Moloch, I believe is the name. Yeah, and uh, Moloch something like that. Yeah, <laughs> I fought I fought it and fought it and fought it and fought it and finally beat it, and then brought it up in your Twitch chat, and uh, everybody's and you and everybody was just like, oh yeah, you didn't even have to do that, and I was like, son of a bitch. <laughs> I don't remember, but I think you get a pretty decent reward for beating that. Like, I think it might have been like a mask shard or something after yeah. you beat that one. So it's definitely worth doing. But yeah, totally optional. It actually <laughs> it, it gave me my fourth mask shard and gave me another another life. So I was like, hey, that's what's up. But then to find out that I didn't have to sit there for thirty minutes trying to beat that thing. <laughs> yeah. But it's, that's one of the things. It's like when you're exploring and you're not sure what's next. It's hard to know. Well, this was this is just an optional thing. I don't have to do this. So it's like, yeah, I better go ahead and do this while I'm here. Because I'm not sure where else to go, so yeah, so it's it's it can be hard to find where you're going sometimes in that game in the game. That's one thing that can be really rough, frustrating for people, and I'm sure that's one of the things that frustrated both you and Ryan while playing it. Absolutely. <laughs> but another thing I want to say about the game is they did a great job of supporting it for like all the Kickstarter people because they released four DLC packs for it for absolutely for free, and like I know your version. I think every version of the game now includes all of them. But they did four separate DLC packages for this game that were all free. And two of them were major expansions that added new stuff to it. Like even new areas to the game. That's awesome. That's awesome they did it for free. I always appreciate when when devs do that. Like uh, as as much shit as they've been getting recently when CD Projekt Red did that for The Witcher 3. And they released 16 free DLC. Which I mean they were like, you know, character changing stuff and getting a haircut and stuff like that. But I mean still it's like companies like EA who want you to pay fifteen dollars to have a new kind of bed in your Sims house. 
Yeah, you know, I always, <laughs> yeah. I always appreciate when devs are like, nah, listen, here's, here's a little something, something. <laughs> I, I stand firmly on the side of, I don't mind paying for a DLC if it's worth it. Like, I haven't bought it yet, but I like the game enough that I think I will next time I play it, where uh, Breath of the Wild has, like, a pretty major DLC that I think is, like, $19 or something that you can buy for Master Mode and all that, and it adds shrines to it. I think something like that, it's worth it. But, like, I agree, there's a lot of games where it's just like, here, have this DLC, and you can look like the guy from Persona 5. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, Persona 5 so good. So good. Um, yeah, I, I, I just... I don't get it. I don't get the whole, you know, skin thing. But, you know, to each their own. Yeah. Now, I, w- I will say, though, uh, in, in wrapping up Hollow Knight, that this has got me wanting to finish it and then check out some of the other, not even not even Metroidvanias, like some other harder platformer games uh, to see if I can get the satisfaction out of it. Like, I, I've, I listened to another uh, podcast called Factory Sealed uh, Retro Gaming Pod, and they... Mike on that show has like ranted and raved about Celeste, about how I love that game. how good Celeste is. And, oh yes, yeah, so you've played it. I, yeah, it's a great game. Yeah, I've I've been meaning to try that. That in uh, Greece or Gris Greece. I don't know how to. say I want to try that one too. I haven't played that one, but that looks really cool. So I'll definitely check that out at some point as well. Yeah, I got we've got that on the list. Uh, but I, I I need to get Celeste though because I've just heard so much about that game and how it deals with depression and things like that and being somebody who has dealt with a lot of that, mm-hmm. I would like to see how the game handles it and uh, see if I like it as much as Mike did when he got through. Yeah, it. like I'm fortunate that I haven't had to deal with a lot of mental health issues like that, but from way I can tell from it, I think it deals with it in a very sensitive way and it's very poignant and I think it's. Definitely something really, I really like the way they handled it, but I'm not the best person to ask because I don't honestly deal with a lot of those sorts of issues personally, but yeah, from what I've talked to people that have and do, they seem to agree that it does it in a very good way, but I would ask people more like that for that opinion, honestly. Yeah, I got you. I, yeah. Um, and then, let's see, if I had, I'm going to give Hollow Knight a rating. Based on what I've played, I will give it an eight and a half. Um, <laughs> giving it some room for growth. But I can tell that it's a really good game because it basically if a game when I load it up and I start playing and I'm immediately not like, what the fuck is this? It's automatically at least a five (laughs) and it builds up from there. Now, if I load up a game and I'm like, what the fuck? Like rat, rat venture, (laughs) tiny bridge, whatever the fuck it was. When I loaded that up, it was like, okay, we're going to start at five and within two levels it had ticked down to zero, and I'm like, yeah, I'm done with this game. Fuck this. I'm out. <laughs> so, uh, for so far, I will, I will give I will give Hollow Knight an eight and a half. Um, I assume this is probably a ten for you, or yeah, one hundred percent a ten for me. This is like genuinely one of my favorite video games of all time. Well, fucking thank you so much for buying it for us and coming on the show and talking about it. Um, I I I really enjoyed it. Uh, and. I really appreciate that I didn't have to do this by myself because it would have been a really short episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad I could help with that, Dalton. Glad I could help him. I'm hoping Ryan starts feeling better because I know that sucks, and I just hope he gets to feeling better soon. Send him my best. I will. I will. Um, all right, so let's run through the obligatory. Oh, well, actually, first, first, the other day on your Twitch stream, which if anybody would like to check Nate out on Twitch, it is twitch.tv slash turtlebearman. That is correct. Turtlebearman. 
Tur <laughs> Turtle Bear, man. And uh, it's good stuff. Uh, he's usually streaming retro like NES games from what I've seen. Um, and I enjoy it. I think everybody else should check it out. Go give him a follow. Like, subscribe, hit the, you know, hit the bell. Oh, no, that's YouTube. That's not Twitch. That's Fuck. YouTube. <laughs> Fuck. I, I, no, I haven't hit affiliate yet, so you can't even subscribe. Just follow. All right. Go, go, all right. well, go give him a follow. I'm so used to hearing like, comment, and subscribe. I watch too much YouTube. I hear you, man. Yeah. I've, I've done it before. I didn't even think about it until you said that to YouTube. I was like, oh, yep, that is YouTube. <laughs> Damn you, Rhett and Link, just hammering that into my head. <laughs> uh, but in your stream, I went ahead and ran Steamy. Uh, as a stream reveal and our next game for next week is going to be uh, King's Quest. It was 126 on the randomized list. King's Quest but not the original series. It is the remaster from 2012 or 2014, something like that. We, we do have the King's Quest collection. Uh, I, at one point, I was watching a lot of older Metal Jesus videos and he was talking a lot about old Sierra games because he used to work at Sierra. And then I happened to go on to Humble Bundle and they had a Sierra bundle that came with all these old adventure games that Sierra had done. So I snagged it up. So now I've got like King's Quest, Police Quest, uh, Space Space Quest? Is that another one? That's a lot of quests. I don't know. Yeah, there's a lot of kinds of the quest games. And then uh, Phantasmagoria 1 and 2, which has been great watching Dave stream. <laughs> On uh, <laughs> on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash Tadpog, I think. Tadpog Podcast, something like Talk that. Tadpog Podcast. Tadpog underscore podcast. That's right. Sure. That's right. It's, it's cumbersome. <laughs> he, he realizes. <laughs> uh, yeah. And those old point-and-click adventure games. Uh, Gabriel Knight is another series that I got. So I, I'm looking forward to those. I'm hoping that they still run relatively well <laughs> this day and age. Uh, I told Ryan this the other day, actually. I said, you know... He's like, you realize we have like 20, 20 years worth of content, right? And I was like, do we really? He's like, yeah, it's about 20, 21 years if we do a game a, game a week without doing long games, uh, which I need to touch on too. I'll get to that in a second. But uh, so he, I was like, well, fucking A. I said, well, if you look at it, I said, it'll even out because new games are going to come out that we're going to want to play. So we'll buy them and get, add them to the list, right? I said, but these older games are eventually just not going to fucking work. <laughs> like <get> an emulator <laughs> one of our first games that we pulled was gothic the original gothic game and brian could not get it to run on his laptop for the life of him and uh so we had to we had to choose a different game so i left it on the list but i'm hoping that when we come back to it that there will be like i don't know that he'll be able to he'll have his pc built by then and we can do some compatibility type stuff with it but we'll figure it out and then uh long games i know some people were expecting Trails in the Sky, Legend of Heroes Trails in the Sky next. Um, we are still playing that. Uh, I'm going to play that in my like free time when I'm not playing games for the show uh, because that game is so long. I don't know if you guys want to hear four or five episodes about that game in a row. You know what I mean? So I want to play it in the background and kind of take notes on it. And then once I finish it and... Ryan probably won't finish it because it's a lot of text to read and he is not all about that life. But uh, once I finish it, then I'll compile my notes and then do an episode on it. Uh, so that'll be going in the background. But for now, the next game will be King's Quest. I look forward to it. I'm done rambling. Uh, you can find us at facebook.com slash steam machine podcast or over on Twitter at steam underscore podcast. Um, we have a discord link posted and pinned at the top of our Facebook page. And uh, we have a Facebook group, 
it's the steam machine podcast lounge come in there share memes talk about games do whatever you want just uh keep it keep it friendly that's all we ask in the discord and on uh on facebook just keep it friendly and nate again brother thank you so much for coming on man i really appreciate you uh it's it's been good getting to know everybody in the tadball community and it's 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 nice to be able to call you guys my friends so i appreciate you thank you for the gift of hollow night and uh is there anything else that you want to say you want to plug any anything you want to plug your twitch again real quick i mean yeah the only thing i had to plug was my twitch twitch.tv slash turtle bear man but man thank you for having me on i really appreciate you doing that um this was a blast i it's the first time I've recorded a podcast, and this is a great one to be on. And man, made it easy, so I appreciate you. Yeah, man, no worries. Uh, feels good to pop your cherry, brother. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, for this week for the Steam Machine Podcast, he's Nate. I'm Dalton, and as always, guys, take it easy. You can find us at facebook.com slash the Steam Machine. Podcast or search Facebook and join our group, the Steam Machine Podcast Lab. You can also find us on Twitter at Steam underscore podcast. We thank everyone for listening and as always, we'll catch you next week.